Well, good morning. Um, I, again, it is good to be back at. I almost went to. I almost. I almost said it. It's good to be back at Coast Bible Church. Uh, I first came to know of this dear congregation when I first met Rob Jenner some years ago, and I'm sure, like many people here, very much miss Rob and April and the family, and perhaps like I, I'm praying that the Lord is using them in, in Texas. Uh, even I think Texas is not big enough for, for Rob Jenner, but um, we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I hope to visit Rob and April uh, May next year, so look, look forward to renewed fellowship. But obviously, since Rob has uh, moved on, it has been a great delight to get to know Dan. I catch up with Dan fairly regularly with a group of other pastors. So, so do know that uh, Dan is well-loved, well-supported. He's well-esteemed by many pastors that get together every month. And I was delighted uh, yesterday to get a text message from him with that beautiful photo of Sky and Zoe as well. So it's great. I bring greetings from the church at Stanmore. Uh, we, we pray for Coast Bible Church regularly. Last Sunday we had a special time of prayer and fasting in the afternoon and we prayed for the church here. And so please be assured of our regular interest and prayer for the congregation here. But if you have your Bibles, please have them open in 1 Timothy 5. I uh, got a call last night suggesting that I might need to have a message for Coast Bible Church because obviously Josh couldn't be here this morning. And I thought that this passage, this portion of God's Word would be particularly helpful for us. The whole chapter was read for us, but I, I do plan to focus on verse 17 to the end. And this is where Paul is reminding Timothy and the church in Ephesus, which is where he's going to minister to, that a church, a church has a duty to its elders, to its pastors. Earlier uh, in, in this epistle, he has mapped out what is required of elders and, and a church can look for elders and say, this is what we're looking for there. But the flip side is there's a, a reciprocal requirement, uh, a reversed requirement for a church to, to, to care for its elders, to, to look after their pastors. And look, it's, it's a delicate passage to preach in any situation. And when I preach that at my church... Uh, there's obviously some challenges because part of it is about material provision, material provision for elders. But ultimately, as I reminded our church, if, if, you're, if you want a faithful pastor, they have to preach the whole counsel of God, even difficult things. So um, this morning, what we'll be looking at 1 Timothy 5 is, is three things, if, if you like taking notes. The first one is the need to provide for elders, providing for elders. Secondly, there will be a duty to protect elders. You may not think about that, but there is a need to protect elders, and we'll see what that looks like. And then finally, um, a requirement to ensure and encourage purity, purity in elders. So they're the three things, provision, protection, and purity. But as we come to God's Word, let's uh, please join me in as we pray for God's blessing. Our Father and our God, we thank you that we can come and worship you this day and sit under your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be pleased to dwell amongst us and help us to understand the Scriptures, not just understand it, but to love your word and have a desire to apply this in our lives. Lord, both for preacher and hearer alike, may you bless us. Bless us by your Spirit and your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's... 
look at the first requirement here, and that is to provide for elders. And it's, this is made very clear for us in verses 17 to 18. It says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honour, especially those who labour in preaching and teaching. For the Scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the labourer deserves his wages. See. First thing I'd like you to note is that there is uh, the language of plurality, that is more than one. It, it addresses, let the elders. And so in this church, uh, you have Dan, you have Andrew. Uh, multiple elders in the New Testament is the norm. That's uh, one of safety, one of encouragement. Uh, sometimes you might only have one, but the, the general desire is to have more than one if you are able. Note also that the elders are encouraged to rule well. Now, I know you can come and have a coffee uh, with Dan and Andrew, and you can have a coffee with Rob. Uh, they are your friend. But sometimes elders are seen as advisors or agony aunts. But the, here, elders are to exercise authority. They are expected to rule now, I understand that is not a very popular notion, but that's what God's Word says. The way they are to rule is through their public teaching, their private exhortation, their counsel, so that God's people might rightly, all of us, sit under God's Word. That's how elders are to rule, to, to apply God's Word in public and private. And note here it says that those who rule well are considered worthy of double Honour. Honour. What, what, what does honour mean? Now, in some settings, it, it means respect, and it certainly includes respect. But if you turn back earlier to, to uh, verse 3, you'll notice that we're to honour widows who are truly widows. Now, of course, we're to respect widows and widowers. But the word honour has this idea of not just provision uh, in words or support in words, but practical and material support. And so those who preach and teach well, those who rule well, are to be given double honour. That is, they're to be given material res materially and in respect, especially those labouring in teaching. Now, not all elders uh, are the same. They they don't serve in the same way, say, nor do they serve in the same capacities. In certain denominations, certain church settings, they, they can differentiate. I don't know if you've ever come across this. Sometimes they have ruling elders and teaching elders. I understand where they're coming from, but I don't think it's as helpful to think of them as that way, simply because every elder, in one capacity or another, has to teach. And if they are teaching, they're doing that in a ruling capacity. So each elder must rule well, must teach, they may just have different, differing abilities and different opportunities. So, you can imagine here that, I imagine that Dan does most of the, the preaching, Andrew may preach and teach in, in some occasions, but uh, there's a sense in which there is a greater obligation to the church here to support someone like Dan who is preaching and teaching regularly. You see, pastors have a duty and responsibility to teach and to feed God's people, 
but the church has a reverse or a mirror image to support their pastors. And the reason for that was given to us in verse 18. It says, for the scripture, for is an important word in the New Testament. That's the reason. Why are you meant to give double honour to, to, to these men? It says, for the scripture says that it's not just good advice. It says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Now, that's, that's directly taken from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 25, verse 4, which reminds us that the Old Testament isn't something that we just write off, that, you know, you don't unhitch yourself from, but it is something that we are to see general principles. And obviously, God's not concerned about ox treading out grain, creating flour, but in the Old Testament, as, a, as an ox does that, it's allowed to, to eat the, the food that it's producing. And this other passage here that it says, the labourer deserves his wages. Does anyone know where that comes from? Anyone? Sorry? Leviticus, but also Jesus. Jesus, Jesus mentions this in Luke 10. And he's, he's reminding the people that... Uh, those who preach the gospel should live by the gospel. That is, uh, as he's promoting the gospel and that is producing fruit, he should benefit from that. And so, in summary, churches who benefit from a pastor's labours should provide for them, should, should care for them materially. Now, let's look at the flip side. What would happen... What would happen if an elder or a pastor has, is preaching and teaching, but because he's not provided for, has to work a second or a third job? Now, I, I know that with prices increasing everywhere, there's a lot of financial pressure. People here, I'm sure, feel it. Um, and so if you're working two or three jobs, I, I think you would, you would sense that responsibility. But, but what happens? Well, there would be pressure on preparing the sermon. There'd be pressure on getting back to people, visiting people, caring for people. You, you would simply have less time in the week and it might lead to stress or burnout. There are very sad statistics out there, uh, both here in Australia and overseas, of pastors and elders who, who suffer financially and ultimately suffer uh, mentally and in, in various ways. That, that, that's not surprising. But you know who ultimately suffers in that situation? Yes, the pastor and his family does, but the church. God's people suffer because as the pastor is trying to juggle many things, uh, unfortunately things get dropped and it's hard. It's hard. So it's an encouragement. So firstly, some applications for provision of elders. Firstly, I'm going to assume something here. Um, and I've heard good things about this church. So it's more than an assumption. I'm going to assume this church gives. This church supports Dan, the pastor, supports the work of the church here. And so I want to commend people here for their faithfulness. There may not be many rich or affluent but even the widow's two mites are honoured by the Lord. I want to commend people for their generosity and their faithfulness and encourage you to continue giving as the Lord leads. 
But more than just, more than just financially, I was really encouraged to hear that there's a, um, you know, people are preparing meals. I, th I think eight people have signed up already. That's a wonderful way. You know, it's not just financially uh, ways in which pastors need help. Uh, Dan and Sky, first, first, uh, first rodeo, as it were. They, they're going to need a lot of encouragement and support. Um, they'll need patience. So when Dan's here looking really tired, be, be patient with him. Uh, if he doesn't get back to you in time, when you leave a message to, to call back, uh, provide him some space. Uh, encourage him. Provide meals. That will be a great help to them as a church. As they... Um, as, as they progress and get older, if, if, you're, if you're able to, to give uh, Dan and Sky an afternoon off or a night out, uh, volunteer to babysit. You know, do these things. These, these are great encouragements to pastors and their family. But I might also say some here might not rightly give. Might not rightly give. I, I can't see into people's hearts. I, 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 I don't have, you can say I struggle with sight anyway, uh, but I certainly do not have x-ray vision understanding people's intentions, motives and what they do. But some might not rightly give. Churches don't generally check. But here's the thing, on that great day, as you have received from the Lord good things... You don't want to be found guilty of muzzling the ox. Uh, and I say this because Paul had to remind the church in Corinth. Uh, Malachi had to remind God's people in his day. If that's you, you, you need to ask yourself if you're rightly honouring uh, your pastors. So that's the first thing. Honouring, providing for elders and pastors. Let's look at a second thing that you may not think of regularly, but it's really important. Let's look at verse 19. It says here, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. That, that is, don't receive an accusation. Don't lend your ear to slanderous, false accusations against elders. Maybe I can help uh, flesh this out. You know, in, in naval warfare, in naval warfare, and as, as, as I was a kid, I used to play with all those toys that, you know, that uh, had tanks and boats and all the rest of it. Uh, in naval warfare, uh, you get a variety of ships. You get small things, medium and, and large ones, some on the surface, some underneath. If and they usually travel in convoys and flotillas, maybe 10, 20, 30 ships at times. If you were an enemy, enemy ship, and you had one shot to fire, one missile to launch, one torpedo to launch, and there's 30 ships, which one would you go for? Which one would you go for? You'd usually go for the big one, usually it's like something like an aircraft carrier. Because it's not just that they fly planes, but they're usually the ones that are responsible for coordinating, coordinating the activities of the whole fleet. They're usually in the middle because the others are trying to protect it. But you tend to go for that because of the increasing, well, the multiplying effects of chaos. 
For similar reasons, elders are easy to attack. Elders have a big target on their front or on their backs. And, and it's very easy because your elders are up here, up front. They're on public display every single week. And no matter how good Dan, no matter how good Andrew is, and I know that they are godly men, they're still men, they're still sinful men, they're still imperfect men. So you'll see all sorts of wrinkles in their lives, just like my people see lots of wrinkles in their pastor's lives. Very easy to see faults. Not only that, their family life is under, my, under a microscope. Not only are you looking at Dan, you, you, you might be looking at um, Sky and how they raise their children. And, and there is a right place for that. But you will look at a pastor's family different to other families. So publicly, they're preaching and teaching, privately encouraging, exhorting, comforting, and sometimes rebuking. That's never a pleasant thing, but it's a necessary thing because that's what God's Word says, doesn't it? Now, you tell me when Paul, the Apostle Paul, or even Jesus had to rebuke a church, how did that go down? How did that go down? Re really well? Everyone says, I want more. Paul talks to the church in Corinth and says, oh, we, we want more, Paul, just heap it on, we can take this. No, what, what happens? What happens in those situations? Well, well we, all, we all have remnants of pride in our lives. When people challenge us, our backs get up, we get defensive, and even though deep down perhaps we need to hear these things, we tend to swing back. And here's the thing, in this church, although you have a duty to exhort and challenge one another... And I trust you're doing that from time to time. That's discipleship in the life of a church. You have men appointed here to do that more regularly and more frequently than others. And so that means that as they're counselling people, they at times will get people pushed back, pushed back hard. Elders are not only convenient targets, they're attractive targets because just like that aircraft carrier, if that goes down, if that gets damaged, it's not just that ship that's in danger, it's now the whole flotilla. If Satan, if the adversary, if the evil one can wound or take down an elder, with slander, discouragement, a church effectively loses a shepherd. One being wounded, one limping along. And here's the thing, our culture, Australian culture, Western culture, doesn't really help. What's, what's a national sport in this country? What would you say is a national sport? That's the one. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not cricket, it's not football, whatever code you want. It's cutting off the tall poppy. 
we, we don't realise how much, in this culture, we attack those in positions of leader, leadership and authority. It starts at a young age, with children, and then in the workplace, with your boss, you ask any manager or boss now, they ask someone to do things, and it's hard for government, church leaders. I saw this, um, who, who he knows of... Uh, Aussie guy, Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, okay. Ange, Big Ange. Big Ange, he's, he's hit the big league, EPL, managing the Spurs. Big soccer team, for those who don't know over there. Anyway, there was an interview with Ange um, the other day, and there were a lot of decisions in that game that went against his team. That went against his team. And, and the... And the um, did you see the interview? Yeah, you saw the interview. And, and these people were trying to bait him, saying, hey, what, what's, what's... And most managers in the EPL say, oh, they got this wrong, or they got that wrong, and they, they, they blow off steam. But you know what Ange said? He says, I was raised... He said, look, I've had, I've, I've had uh, decisions go for me, against me. There were some, some pretty ugly calls in my life, as a player and as a manager. He said, but I was raised to respect the referee. And whatever the referee said, that was it. And I was reminded of that as we... as we engage with different people in life. If you ask pastors what their most common burdens, struggles and challenges are, it's not sermon preparation, although that, that is difficult. I've got lots of pastors as friends and if, you, if I could ask them what's their biggest issues, it would be unfair criticism. Unfair criticism. And do you know where that unfair criticism comes from? It's not from the world. <laughs> it's not from the world. Yeah, yeah, the congregation. That's not everyone. That's, that's certainly not everyone. But it's a challenge and it's a reminder to us. And it's especially those who slander and those who accuse. Because you know when someone complains, that they're often very quick to speak. And you know the saying, a lie spreads ten times faster than a truth. Because you know, it says in Proverbs, slander and maliciousness is like little morsels. It just goes down into the deep wood parts. So did you hear about such and such? I'm just sharing this with you so I can pray, so we can pray for them. And yet, an elder must be self-controlled. I mean, we, we get involved in all sorts of pastoral issues all the time. And 90%, 95% of the things that we hear, we just would never repeat. Even if it's in conversations with people. You just don't repeat it. It's just not prudent, not wise. And yet sometimes when people are upset, they will air so much dirty laundry, create dirty laundry, that it's hard for pastors. So what can you do about this? Well, firstly, before you... Look, like I say, there's no perfect pastor, there's, there's no perfect elder, so we will get things wrong. Can I say, before you give feedback, pray about it. Just, just pray about it. Pray about it. 
Most of, your, most of our issues tend to disappear after prayer. There is a right way to, to, to go to them and, and, and speak. But one of the biggest issues here is most people don't speak to their pastors about their issues. Who do, the, who, who do we go to with our issues? We, we go to each other. And I've got to tell you, that's not the Matthew 18 principle. You know Matthew 18? Matthew 18 is if you have an issue with one another... Go to them first. Go, go to them, sort it out, and again, nine times out of ten, will sort out. And then there is peace, there is trust, there is... But if you say, oh, I just can't speak to this person, I, I need to speak to another five people just to make sure I got this right, that's like a wildfire that you open that can of worms, and that's not great. So do, if, if you've got issues with Andrew, Dan, whatever, go, go pray about it and then speak to them directly. But if someone, here's the other thing, don't be the source and don't take your place in the relay race. If someone comes to you and says, hey, I've got this concern about this person or this elder, here's the question to say, you ask them, have you spoken to them about it first? That usually shuts down most gossip, most slander. If they have, and you say, so you want me to hear this so we can go speak to them together? That might stop it. <laughs> um, but the, the Bible gives us clear principles. Bottom line, do not accept slander of false accusations against one another, but especially your elders, unless there are two or three witnesses. There's a standard of evidence that's required. And again, this is for all people. This is from Deuteronomy 19. But church, Coast Bible Church, please protect your elders from false accusations. Don't gobble up. Don't chew up every morsel of gossip or criticism. Protect them as you would want them to protect you. But here's the third and balancing perspective. Okay, we've looked at providing for. Secondly, we've looked at protecting. Now we come to the hard reality that some pastors do behave badly. Okay, that's, that's, that's a reality. Just like congregation members can behave badly, so can pastors. Um, and it's not just any sin. It's not just any sin. I, 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 sin, I sin every day. I, I can say that because the greatest commandment is what? To love the Lord our God with how much of my heart? All. Well, enough said. I love the Lord, but not necessarily with all my heart. So I know I sin every day. It, we're not talking about that. No, we're talking about a situation where pastors behave so badly that they disqualify themselves from ministry. Okay? And sadly, I don't have to give you too many examples of this because you're probably aware of men who've had wandering eyes and then have strayed uh, and been unfaithful in marriage. Perhaps they've been heavy, abusive shepherds or liars or thieves. I'm not making this up because the scriptures speak about these things and church history and common experience know sadly that this is true. 
Let me, this balances out the second point, which we're, we're, we're instinctively to protect, but there are times when due process must be followed. That, this is what it's saying. If there are sufficient witnesses and there's sufficient evidence, then you've got to look at verse 20. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Elders who stray in chronic, consistent, repeated, very public ways must be dealt with in a congregation just like members are. But to be publicly challenged as a warning and as a deterrent to all. Did you notice it says those who persist? This is an ongoing pattern. This is not people have bad moment, a bad day. I mean, that's still bad, but if there's an ongoing pattern and there is no repentance after challenge, there, there's a deep issue here. And church discipline identifies and requires these men, like Levin, to be removed from the whole lump. There, there's a require for purification. You see, remember verse 21, it encourages not to show partiality. That that means a pastor doesn't get a free pass. Doesn't get a free pass. In fact, it says that elders and pastors, those who teach, face a stricter judgment. We must never rejoice at the downfall of men. You, You ought to pray. You ought to pray that your pastors are protected so that they don't fall. Because remember, if they do fall, it doesn't just impact them. It impacts the the entire congregation. And more than that, the reputation of Christ and His church. Yeah, no, we, we must never rejoice at the downfall of men. We ought to grieve. We ought to acknowledge that if it wasn't for the grace of God, that's, that's what I'd be doing. That's what you'd be doing. Hence, there, there is a warning to men. Uh, I, I know there's some, some younger men here, and I, I don't know what your desires are for, for service in the Lord, but in James 3.1, it says, there's a warning, don't enter ministry lightly. Not many should be teachers because, yes, you do live in a fishbowl, but <laughs> there are greater temptations, but there's also a greater judgment. And then verse 22, it says... Uh, don't be hasty in the laying on of hands. That, that is, like earlier it says, be careful of appointing novices, those young in the faith, because they, they need to be battle-hardened, uh, tested through various seasons. But as churches, don't be hasty appointing men because of the various pressures, added pressures they face. And the reality is, if we do that, we also take part in their sins, it says. But just finally in this passage, it just says, um, it reminds us that for some people, the sins are very obvious. It's, it's, it's straightforward. Um, you know, I, I, um, I love gardening. And I see, I, I garden, and I'll weed all the, And I've just planted some seeds recently. 
and there are things popping up where the seeds were, but I, I don't quite know whether it's the plants, the, the herbs that I planted, or whether it's weeds. Because you know weeds, you don't have to plant weeds, they just come up automatically. So I'm just going, ooh, do I pull them up or do I keep... Mm, not sure. But there are other weeds, oh, that's a weed, that, that's coming out. What this is saying is sometimes it's very evident. Straight up front, no, 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 don't touch that one. But others, you, you just need to give it time. And so there is a sense in which time is a useful, it, it's a useful filter on, on many things. Let, let, me, um, let, let, me, let me wrap this up. How can we honour and show respect to imperfect elders? To imperfect elders. How can we show honour and respect to bosses and government who, who, who sometimes get it wrong? Well, we're reminded of how our Lord Jesus came into the world. When He, when he came, He didn't come with bubble wrap, did He? Did he, did he come saying, oh, uh, did He come with a red carpet? Did He say, I'm only going to do this if the Roman Empire is a perfect government? That um, Am I only going to do this if my parents, Joseph and Mary, understand? No, no, no. no, no. He, he had to live in the world we did. But we note from Jesus just that general respect and submission to those who are even imperfect. I can guarantee you this. If it was Jesus who was preaching... If it was Jesus who was preaching, do you think you'd have issues with his sermon? If Jesus came to you and had to give you counsel, do you think you'd have issues with his counsel and challenge and rebuke? I reckon I would. And it's not the problem with Jesus. The problem is with me. I, I might go, yeah, I, I might even say, I, I acknowledge what he has to say, but I wish he said it more gently. Uh, we lived in, sorry if this offends, but we live in a very soft generation. And we need to harden up a little if we want to honour the Lord. If friends come to you with counsel and advice, if pastors come to you with counsel and advice, then let's, let's take that on board. Now, Jesus um, submitted to imperfect earthly rulers, yielding obedience, perfect obedience to his Father. And what He did for us was He gave us the gospel and the gospel enables us to do this. In our own strength, in my own personality, I, I, I grated these things. But if we are in Christ, He has enabled us to submit to one another and to honour those who are imperfect. God has graciously provided you, Coast Bible Church, with Dan, with Andrew. Lord willing, He will raise up more men to lead this church. None of them will be perfect. None of them. But according to God's word in 1 Timothy, you're to honour them, to respect them. And that means you will also need to protect them. We must be aware that in our society where we go, oh, he deserves it because he's in charge. No, 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 that, that, that's, not a, that's not a biblical thing. You remember that your pastors, your elders, are sheep just like you. They will be attacked just like you. And when you're attacked, do you like people coming to, your, to rally to your defence? Absolutely. 
What's it feel like when you're attacked and those you expect to support you and defend you don't? Slap in the face, stab in the back, whatever it is. And likewise, as I've already said, your pastors and elders will get, more, will get attacked more than you guys will. It's very attractive for the evil one in the world to go for him. We need to watch out over each other, protect one another, protect against slander and false accusations. But, just remember the balance. If there are two or three witnesses and the evidence is compelling, and the evidence stands, then there's a process outlined as well. This, is, this isn't a free pass to pastors, elders or church members. May the great shepherd of the sheep, our Lord Jesus, who laid down his life for us to, to purify a church, to, to set under shepherds, to care for, feed for you, may, may he finish what he started. He's the author and finisher of our faith and he will provide all the means necessary. He provides members, he provides elders and pastors and he has this one goal. And that one goal is perfecting us, purifying us for eternity. May God grant us grace. May God grant us the desire for this church to grow, to reach the community of the Central Coast. And for that to occur, it's that we have to work together. You have to work together. Let's honour your pastors and elders. Protect them. Keep them honest themselves. And follow their lead as they follow Christ. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you for each and every member here, those desiring uh, to join the membership. We thank you for those in the membership who have been called and set apart to be pastors and elders. We pray that this body would work together, uh, united in Christ, to grow up into maturity into Him. Each day, each week that goes by, may each member here grow more and more in Christ's likeness. Lord, we thank you again uh, for Dan and for Andrew and uh, the various men that have served in this church faithfully and for those men who will uh, serve in days to come. Watch over them and keep them. Uh, be their strength, be their shield. Enable them daily uh, to serve you as under-shepherds here at Coast Bible Church. And while we pray for them, we pray for pastors all around this country and all across this world, that you would watch over and keep those you have entrusted with the gospel of grace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.